Welcome to The Corporate Coven, a podcast that explores the intersection of mysticism and the modern workplace. On this show, we discuss how to bring your spiritual craft and practice into the workplace. We'll talk to people who have found ways to include ritual and spirituality into their everyday work and hear from experts on the topics of how to stay spiritually connected while managing the demands of the modern workplace. Our host, Jessica, is a certified career counselor, HR outlaw, and vocational astrologer. If you've ever wondered how to bring your spiritual practice into the workplace, this podcast is for you. Join us as we radically transform workplaces to be a little more magical. What's up, witches? Welcome back to another episode of the Corporate Coven Podcast. I am so excited to be featuring Alyssa Knapp in today's episode. We had a conversation, it feels like forever ago now, Um, Alyssa reached out on Instagram. We found a lot of similarities in what we offered, although it's not a total crossover, but a lot of passion and inspiration in the way that we work with people, as well as a shared corporate background. I was able to share some vocational astrology insight with one of her mastermind groups. And then similarly, in my sixth house coaching program, Alyssa offered a guest lecture on ways to integrate holistic wellness practices into your life when you are a career driven and ambitious professional and entrepreneur. I love having conversations with Alyssa and listening to her as I was re-listening to this episode, was just as rewarding as the first time. She has a wealth of information, and I know you're going to find so much value in this episode, especially if you find yourself in a place in life right now where you want to give yourself a little bit of extra love, a little bit of extra self-care. And if you're looking for a coach, an accountability buddy, an educator, a support system, then I cannot recommend Alyssa enough. I'm going to read you her bio really quickly, and as always, I am going to link her socials in the show notes of the episode. So I'd like to introduce you to Alyssa Knapp, M-S-C-E-P-R-M-T, corporate expat and owner of Integrative Wellness Journeys. Alyssa is a certified energy healer in multiple modalities with degrees in psychology, health promotion, and exercise and kinesiology. She's a Reiki master, teacher, and spiritual life and business coach. With over 15 years experience in the health and wellness field, Alyssa is dedicated to empowering ambitious professionals to take better care of themselves and find more joy and purpose in their work. For witches at work who are feeling overwhelmed, burnt out, and disconnected from their higher path, Alyssa offers holistic and spiritual tools to support you on your journey to greater health, happiness, and success. I mean, wow, team. I Really, wow. When she initially reached out to me and we had this like introductory conversation, I just paused and I was like, I am your ideal client. I am very ambitious. I'm motivated. I'm driven sometimes to my detriment, sometimes to the point where I sacrifice taking care of my spiritual body, my emotional body, my physical body. And I benefit from having accountability partners, from having people in my network that inspire my self-care practice. 
And I absolutely love the background that Alyssa brings. You're going to hear it come out in the episode, but she's very like scientific. She's very much data driven and doesn't let that overpower. I think that she actually has this really beautiful balance to understanding the spiritual aspect as well. And it was so incredible to hear some of her practices, her journey, um, you know, moving into this holistic wellness space using Reiki. I mean, like I, I'm so excited for you to hear from her as always. I'm going to link ways to get in contact with Alyssa. And if you want to work with her, if you want to hear from her, I can't recommend her enough. There's also a special discount code that is released exclusively to the corporate coven mailing list. If you want to take advantage of some of Alyssa's offerings. So if you're already on that email list, go check your email. It will be in your inbox waiting for you. And if you're not on the Corporate Coven newsletter, head to my website and sign up because I regularly release discount codes and special offerings exclusively for the Corporate Coven. So without further ado, let's get into the episode. I cannot wait for you to hear what Alyssa has to share. All right. Alyssa, welcome to the Corporate Coven podcast. How are you doing? Wonderful. Thank you so much for having me. Yeah, thanks for being on. We've had so many previous conversations and moments of connection that I'm really happy to finally have you on the podcast. You've spoken to some members of the Corporate Coven through my coaching program. Um, and I think we've, we might have talked on Instagram one time, but yes. I'm excited mm -hmm. to have a more formal and long lasting resource for everyone. So I would have already read your bio, but would you like to, in your own words, introduce yourself to the listeners? Yes, absolutely. So my name is Alyssa Knapp and I am a, right now, because it changes with the tides, it seems like the title that I put on myself, right? Of like what I do, because it is very mutable. But right now in this moment, I would say I'm a spiritual wellness life and business coach I am an educator and a mentor for people who are learning how to practice energy healing modalities personally and professionally, and a whole lot of other things that are kind of in my little reservoir of offerings that I bring people. But really what I do is I bridge the gap between spiritual self-care and business growth, professional growth, and personal growth, because it really is all one. It is all one. And I know we've talked about that, you and I, before about how, for me, I see so much of what you're doing and I put it into the container of the sixth house in the natal chart. Because in that area of someone's natal chart in the sixth house, we find where they put themselves in service to others. And that is what business is. That is what we do when we go to work and when we start businesses. We're all out here solving problems for other people and finding meaningful employment to others, right? Where we get to exchange that resource for our value. But we also find health there. And there is such this interconnection and like this interrelationship between what we do every single day to provide service and how that impacts our well-being. Mm -hmm. And I know that you come from, I want to say like a more like professional or what you might anticipate a more corporate background. Do you want to speak a little bit to that and kind of talk about like, what was your origin story? Like, how did you first find yourself focusing on wellness and then transitioning into being an entrepreneur? Mm. It's so I'm going to try and give you a brief version because this could take up half our podcast. Yeah. But 
Long story short, after I actually took a couple years off after high school and after high school, I went to design school because I thought that I wanted to be like in fashion design and stuff. So I always had this kind of like artistic edge there and that didn't work out. Long story short, my my boyfriend at the time, who is now my husband, we started dating when we were 17, like right before right before we graduated. I moved to Florida. That didn't work out happily ever after. Here we are. Yeah. But either way, I feel like that's my whole career path has been like, a, whoop, nope, thought that that was going to happen. Let's go somewhere completely different. So it's definitely a theme. But yes. So after that, when I came back, I started working in a health and wellness facility. It was called Every Woman's Spirit. And it was basically a health and wellness center. I was working in retail. I ended up transitioning into the more gym aspect and fitness aspect of it. And I had I'd never been an athlete or anything like that, but I always loved exercise, mm-hmm. like just intuitively loved it. I, I was the person, I did my mom's Kathy Smith and Tybo tapes, yes. and things, you know, and like, oh, yeah. like that. Like I always just loved exercising and moving. I think I just innately knew how good it made me feel. And without having the science or the words or the meaning behind why that was, why that was, I just let myself kind of go with it. So in this space, I ended up going back to college at this time. So I was majoring in psychology At the same time, I was also working at the gym. I got my personal training certification. I started working with people one-on-one. I was teaching exercise classes and loving it. I still am such a sucker for a spin class. Oh, yeah. Great playlist. Oh, Oh, yeah. Oh, my God. Making the playlist for those classes was – I would spend hours, like hours, curating the perfect BPM. Yeah. Anyway. (laughs) As someone who's been in a spin class where the instructor doesn't take that time, it makes a difference. Huge. Yeah. Huge. Yes. So during this time, I'm developing now this really great passion for fitness and movement and coaching people in this way. So that summer, I was trying to catch up on classes since I took a couple years off. So that summer I was in a, uh, it was a foundational class that, you know, one of those like gen eds that everybody has to take. And it was called Health Promotion and Exercise. It was a new program. And so I was taking this class during the summer and I walk by and I see the flyer for the Bachelor of Science that's available and the focus is wellness management. I'm like, oh, that's interesting. But type A overachiever me, I couldn't just do one of them. Like I couldn't drop psychology. Like that would be ridiculous, right? Right. So I had to double major in psychology and health promotion and exercise and work you know, almost full time on the side in the in gyms and teaching and all this stuff. Plus all these other jobs that I had. I'm very organized. Like I have uh, I'm a Capricorn rising Mm -hmm. and I love organization and project plans and anything from cleaning out, you know, a basement to like organizing a like a program, you know, like handouts and this and that and blah, blah, blah. So I always worked all these different types of odds and end jobs. And so anyway, so, so through these four and a half years that it took me to graduate, I was really trying to decide like, okay, what do I want to do? Like with this, I love the psychology. I love the gym. I really thought I wanted to open a gym, like, like have a practice where I'm training and, and I love it and all of this stuff. And I'll never forget sitting down with one of my advisors for psychology And he was like, he was like, I know you're really enjoying this now, but you have to remember you're also in school. So you're being challenged mentally in this way. 
he basically said he was like you're gonna be bored like you're gonna get really yeah. bored really quick if that's like the direction that you choose so I really took that to heart and I was like okay I really love I love the psychology I love how you know I'm, I'm seeing with my eyes how much people change mentally emotionally right all of that yep through the transformation of create you know beginning and sustaining a movement program so I decided to apply for my PhD in psychology and I applied to one school where I was trying to get into one school, URI, University of Rhode Island. I was in Connecticut at the time. It's where mm-hmm. I was born and raised and where I did my undergrad. And I can't get in touch with, with the professor that I'm trying to get in touch with. So I was talking to another advisor from the other program and he was like, oh, you know what? I did my, my doctorate with somebody at URI. Let me connect you. Yeah. Cool. So I end up getting connected not with the psychology department, but with the kinesiology department or the exercise science department. And they happen to have a program in their master's that focuses on the psychosocial and behavioral aspects of physical activity. It wasn't yeah. a PhD program, but it was a master's. So I'm like, yeah. I'm like, oh, not what I want, you know. But then I talked to the professor, Dr. Blissmer, and after spending, I don't know if it was 45 minutes, an hour on the phone with this guy, I'm like, I don't care what the fuck this program is. I just <laughs> want to go study under him. Like he was super cool. Yes. It was like really, it was everything was really awesome. So I and so we we moved. So we moved up to Rhode Island. So this is where I did my master's. We haven't left. We absolutely are obsessed with Rhode Island. Yeah. And through so I also had a full-time teaching assistantship, which was great. So this is where I really like I I I loved teaching exercise and and training and things like that. It was always something that I really, really enjoyed. So I was new. I'm like, all right, I love teaching adults, right? Because I never really liked kids. It was totally. for another day. Totally. Yeah, right. And so I never like teacher. Uh-uh. Like, no, no, thank you. But then I realized, oh, I can teach adults. Like, this is cool. So I taught anatomy and physiology. I taught exercise science. I taught all different kinds of classes. And then I did my master's thesis. Of course, again, I couldn't just jump onto another study. I had to create my own from scratch and do all the lit review and all the things. But, you know, I love the process. Yes. Like from conception to creation to assessment and all of that. Like, I love the process. Mm-hmm. So the study that I that I created was I looked at the anxiolytic effects or the effects of how things reduce anxiety between mindfulness and aerobic exercise because we know like there's a lot of research on each of those separately that mindfulness reduces anxiety exercise aerobic exercise reduces anxiety so i wanted to look at them together to see if there were any additive effects so in the in this process this was the first time because i had to create all the materials right mm-hmm. this was the first time that i ever recorded a guided meditation because i had to have it recorded for the i it needed to be so that somebody could do it sitting in a chair and they could do it exercising on a recumbent bike. So I created this meditation and it was really funny, right? Because people were like leaving that they're like, can I like get a copy of that? That was really relaxing. Like I actually feel really good after that. Yeah. So what we saw in the results, we did have significance, statistical significance. We love that. Love P less than 0.05. That's right. Right. So we found that we, as expected, right? So I, I, we looked at state anxiety at the beginning, right after, five minutes after, 10 minutes after, and 20 minutes after. 
So we saw a reduction, a, statistic, a significant reduction in, in stress before and after in the three conditions of mindfulness, exercise, or both. But what we found was that from that zero or the N minute mark, right, that zero minute mark to 20, mm -hmm. is that in the exercise condition, in the mindfulness condition, those, it went back up so that it was it was uh, similar to, statistically similar to baseline. Mm -hmm. But in the combined group, it was sustained. Mm. That, that, that lower stress level was sustained throughout the 20 minutes, right? So it was yeah. like, all right, bingo, this is cool. Yeah. I'm going to kind of paraphrase that back again for anyone that might be getting lost. So, so the individuals in the group that strictly listened to the meditation, but maybe found their body still returned that same level of stress 20 minutes later. Whereas the people who were listening to your meditation while engaging their physical body in like aerobic exercise found that 20 minutes later, they still had a reduced level of stress. 100%. Yeah. Yes. That's it. Yep. Exactly. So it was, it was this then awakening of, whoa, like we really need to pay more attention yeah. to what we're doing. Because the question I really had at the beginning of that study was, does it matter if you're paying attention to what you're doing while you're exercising? Mm -hmm. Or is it cool to watch something on TV or be reading or listening or whatever and distracting and dissociating? Yeah. Right. That was really the question that I walked in with. And then that's, that's kind of how it all how it all worked out. So, so anyway, after, after college, after, or after my master's, it was like, okay, I love research. I'm obsessed. Yeah. <laughs> I'm obsessed with teaching at a college level. Wh where do I go to get my PhD and do this for the rest of my life? Like yeah. I am sold. Right. Yeah. So then again, so then thinking I wanted to do clinical psychology because that was, a, it was, a that was a really heavy in my studies, in my master's. I worked a lot with the very famous, are you familiar with the trans-theoretical model, the stages of change? Uh-huh, of course, yeah. Yeah, Jim Prochaska. So that's, I sat at tables with Jim Prochaska. Oh my gosh. Bellister and everybody, yeah. Like, I. so they have the CPRC, the Cancer Prevention and Research Center, where all of the studies came up from all of this, which is originally yeah. smoking. Yeah. And then they translated it to all these other behaviors. So that was, and that's where my professor, he was a part of that. He was like a bridge between psychology and the kinesiology department. Yeah. So, so anyway, so I'm like, all right, psych, like clinical psych, that's, let's do it. Like that's my PhD. So sure. I applied to three schools, which apparently were the top three schools. I didn't realize that. I just picked the locations. I Such a, can we pause? Such a Capricorn rising moment here. I just happen to be with the best of the best, top tier, top shelf. The, it's such a. I love to hear it. It's such a Capricorn yeah. drive. I wasn't satisfied with just a So I had to go do this as well. The best ones in the country. Unintentionally. That's the thing yeah. too, is that it's unintentionally. Capricorn Risings just have this knack for finding the most quality thing out there. I love it. That is hilarious. I love yeah. hearing that. That's very, very cool. Living your chart. Living my chart. That's <laughs> living the in the experiment. That's it right. so fun. So fun. So Anyway, I didn't get into anywhere that I applied to. And I'm like devastated. Like, yeah. now what? Like, what do yeah. I do? So I ended up getting a job, a, a couple of jobs. One of them was in clinical health coaching in a corporate wellness uh, company. And that was actually, that was the internship that I did in my undergrad. I worked mm. in corporate wellness. Because mm -hmm. most of my classmates were doing what I was already doing in their internships, being in a gym. I'm like, all right, been there, done that. 
show me something new. So I loved corporate wellness because it was, it pulled in more of the public health community health aspect of it, because really it's a, it's a community, right? Mm -hmm. A workspace, whether it's digital or physical is a community. And I loved the idea of being able to impact wellness at that level, especially considering that we spend most of our lives at work. Right. Oh yeah. So so it was really fascinating to me. So I ended up getting this position as a, a clinical health coach. I was also working as a clinical research exercise physiologist on a couple different studies, uh, both through Brown University. One of them was on how exercise reduces like smoking relapse in depressed individuals. Mm. The other one in cognitive behavioral therapy I also did like groups. And the other one was looking at how exercise and like health behavior, CBT, helps to reduce symptoms of PTSD. Yeah. So, and that was with the VA. So they, it was a really, really cool experience. And then I ended up, and again, this is me, like I always felt like I needed to have like 17 jobs. I'm like, yeah. one job sounds like bury, like put me in the ground, bury me. I don't, that does not sound like it's for me. I don't want to be in one place. I don't want to do one thing. Yep. I was going to say, so Capricorn rising, meaning like that's Gemini in the sixth and needing to have at least two more than one, like a few different things to pique that interest and that curiosity. I want to keep exploring and learning. Exactly. Exactly. So I did, after I got married, I ended up going full-time in health coaching and corporate wellness where I did lots of other things. I created tons of programs and, Mm -hmm. and this is actually where I was introduced to Reiki, believe it or not, because one of my other fellow coaches was a Reiki master. She was a nurse and a Reiki master. So she introduced it to me. I created a pilot study with of course, right within my, my organization. So people were, so I had people, you know, test it out. How do you feel before? How do you feel after? And again, we actually did see, because obviously I had to run my own stats on it because I'm a nerd like that. And And it was, there was significance in how people felt before and after. I'm trying, I think it was stress and sleep quality were what we had measured. Yeah. And, and it was really fascinating. And that the first time that I received Reiki, which I I didn't mention this in the beginning of my intro, but I am a Reiki master and a Reiki master teacher. And this was kind of the gateway for me. And it was crazy was it was a distance healing session. So literally I was home. She was at her home. Yeah. She called me and was like, this is what we're doing. What's your intention? Be open to receive it. Hang up. I'll call you when we're done. Hangs up the phone. I feel it immediately. Yeah. Instantly. And I'm somebody who's had uh, anxiety my whole life, panic attacks in my early 20s. And I mean, even higher blood pressure, like Mm -hmm. because of stress, it's like totally normal now, but it was high, even though I was doing all this fitness stuff, like all this health stuff, but the stress, like you can't, you can't hide from stress. You can't. And that's so common in really high achieving women. Of course. Yep. Of course. Absolutely. That perfectionism Mm -hmm. that, you know, it's never being enough and, Mm -hmm. and all of that stuff. And I've also had insomnia since I was a child. So on and off throughout different bouts of my life. Yeah. I also, in my human design, I have an open head center. So it is, I am very open to all of that. Obviously at that age, I didn't know how to turn it off. I didn't know how to close my field off. Yeah. Right. So that I actually could rest. So anyway, 
so I do this Reiki session. I'm blown away at the, it's like, I, it was like a full body massage. Like afterwards okay. was what I felt like. I saw colors. I knew exactly where her hands were at all times. Yeah. It was absolutely wild. So I think it's one of those things I needed to experience it to really be able to wrap my head around it because I'm somebody who really needs to understand the science behind something. I need to, you know, I've always prided myself in using evidence-based practices and things like that. That's why I love mindfulness, Mm -hmm. right? Because it was that perfect gateway to the spiritual world without getting too woo-woo because I wasn't really ready for that yet, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I didn't know I wasn't ready for that yet. Yeah. And then it's actually really funny. I laugh all the time that I would make like childhood Alyssa so proud because I was that little kid that had tarot cards and like a reading book. And like, I loved the craft. Remember like that movie when it was around? Totally. Yeah. I didn't know what the fuck I was doing, but I did it. So it's funny how full circle, right? And so, so anyway, so I brought Reiki to, to the organization, didn't really go anywhere from there, kind of yeah. fizzled out after like this little pilot because the company was like, yeah, no, we're not doing that with yeah. corporate clients. Yeah. So, um, so anyway, I had been, I had been working my way up the corporate ladder. I worked my way up to management. I was managing the, uh, certain health coaches. I was help train, helping to train coaches. I was managing the health education department, which I loved again, I just love all these like little projects and bringing mm-hmm. it all together and tying in that education piece. Yeah. At one point, again, I guess the Gemini in the sixth house thing, I had to go work at URI and teach a couple courses there that they had asked me to do, which was really fun. And I loved that experience. Yeah. And then what happened throughout all of this was I had a baby. I, it was one of those like tower moment years where I had like my father-in-law died my best friend died unexpectedly my husband lost his job my company had major layoffs all these like big things and transitions yeah and then later that year I got I got my first Reiki certification because I was actually that was when I decided I'm like all right do I want to stay in corporate and I'll say too the job that I was doing and the type of business that I was working in that's not everywhere right I didn't want to find something else that I had to uproot what we would already put down like we love Rhode Island we never want to leave here so there are limited options to really be able to continue to do the things that I really enjoyed about my job yeah so I decided like all right do I want to keep working for somebody else and the company went bankrupt like in that like the whole thing was going down under we was like watching the fucking Titanic <laughs> like we were all like what are you guys doing yeah and so I had to decide right do I want to go through this again or do I want to just try it on my own you know because yeah. I had the entrepreneur experience since my undergrad of working for myself in all of these different ways. I took a great marketing class actually as a part of my undergrad, which I think every degree, regardless of what it is, should take a marketing class. I feel like that information, that foundational information is so valuable. Oh, so I agree with you wholeheartedly. Yeah. 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 So helpful. So I was like, yeah, let's do it. Plus again, I love every aspect of what I do. It's not just that I love coaching, right? But I also love making programs and- Exactly. Better. Well, yeah. And and having ownership over it as well is a big piece of it. Because I, I know that like for me being someone who has been in higher education as well as in like bigger corporate settings, there are maybe moments, especially if you have really awesome leaders where you do feel empowered to have some autonomy in the creative process. Yes. 
And it's always still trying to fit within their branding or, you know, their budget, um, their language and, and stuff like that. And so it can feel really inhibiting, right? Especially when you have all these good ideas and you see the connections, getting that buy-in. And I, I was going to, I was thinking this earlier when you were talking about, you know, I had to do the stats for myself. I had to make sure it was statistically significant. There is this this weird intersection where in the spirituality and like more woo-woo areas, there's less care of like the statistics, the scientific research, which to some degree you don't need that, right? Because it is more about your experience and the way that you feel. But I know that Carl Jung was big on this of like wanting to make um, like astrology more scientific, wanting to have some of that evidence because for a lot of people, that's where you finally get the buy-in. And mm -hmm. it's not even... This this drives me crazy as well when I see people quoting research really flippantly or casually. I always want to go in and be like, yeah, but what was the sample group? Like, what were the, what were the actual numbers behind it? Because you can throw out, you know, oh, like 80% of people felt this way. But I'm like, yeah, but how big, how many people were part of that 80%? And what were their and where demographics? Did you get them from? What was the control oh, around it? Really? You know, what, what were the variables? And I don't think that you can really appreciate that until you've really been through stats classes and for me I was like oh my god I'm getting PTSD because I did not <laughs> excel that was not like a strength that I had that was more of like something that I had to do to get my degrees but I think that there is real value in be able being able to say like this is statistically significant this is this is enough of a transition that it's worth an investment and in the world of corporate and I when you said like everyone should take a marketing class oh my gosh like I had this realization yesterday I was listening to someone lecture and I was like the employer value proposition as well as your personal like branding it's the same thing like your employee value proposition your business proposition it's all about how well can you communicate the value that you will add to someone's life and if it's not you personally as a coach if it's a product that you're selling or a practice that you're offering being able to communicate really clearly and we like to see numbers we like to see numbers. We like to see the evidence behind right. it. So I, I agree. I think it's so valuable to understand the language, but also to be a good consumer. Mm -hmm. And so it's um, it's not to say that if you're finding a practitioner who has no evidence of what they're offering, that doesn't mean that it can't be valuable. But I think as like entrepreneurs, it's it's an incredibly valuable insight to have on your business and to be able to put metrics around it for evidence, right? Like, I can, I can prove it to you. You you will feel right. good, but I also have numbers here, which will indicate that you will continue feeling good. And this is like what success looks like and how we measure it. Right. And to me also, there's something very grounding in yeah. the numbers and that evidence. It's It takes what's up here that we're feeling and sensing and trusting and knowing yes. it's true on a higher level. And it grounds that so that we can actually see that like physical form. Exactly. And, right. Yeah. And you that's what measure we measure it. Are. Exactly. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So we we are, and this is like the way that I look at humans, right? We are this channel of taking this higher information from wherever it is that we're receiving it from, right? Our guides, our higher self, whatever you want to think of it. And we are embodying that energy and actually yes. producing something with it. And yes. that's bringing it into the physical world. And too much do we get stuck in one of those ends? I mean, if you think about it, right? All right, if we're the pipe 
and there's a clog within here, yeah. that information from above is not going to be able to be properly grounded in the reality. Likewise, if we're too stuck in the physical and the tangible and the safety, right, mm -hmm. and feeling safe and, and all of that stuff, or will we ever be able to uh, uh, let it go back up, right? So it's it's a... It, things need to flow. And that's really what it's all about. Energy needs to flow. Mm -hmm. And what I realized in pulling together all of the different work that I've done over the years is that we have these different buckets of our lives. And if one, if things are not flowing in one area, it is going to affect the rest of your life. Just yes. like if you have a clog in an artery, it's going to affect the other organs of your body. If you have a clog in your lower kitchen sink, that might affect the downstairs bathroom it's connected to, right? Yeah. I mean, all of these things. So, you know, a big thing of corporate wellness is work-life balance, right? Yes. So, yeah. I was going to say, and like, you, and we're seeing this trend. I see it in human resources um, specifically, but we're seeing this trend even away from using the language of balance because that you hear that and you think about like equality in some way. But and and medical astrology is a fascinating practice with this. You don't necessarily need balance. What you need is harmony. It's yes. it's actually letting all of them work together and experiencing that integration and that flow and recognizing, I mean, because even and you you talked about this in a lecture that you did with my coaching program, the different facets of wellness, because you can actually break it down into categories and, and decompartmentalize so it's easier to digest or to prioritize efforts. But it's really about all of them working in harmony and what I need versus what you need versus like what my partner needs will look differently, but we all still have those same facets of wellness that need attending to and that we would mm. benefit from attending to. Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. And I love that you remembered the dimensions of wellness because that's exactly yeah. what I was talking about. Yeah. yeah. We have different elements, our interpersonal needs, our psychological needs, our emotional needs, our financial needs, mm -hmm. occupational, environmental, right? All of these different, these different areas and I think that when we get so stuck on business in work, yeah. whether that's our own business, right, or the work that we're doing for another business, when we get so narrow-minded and focused there, so many other things will fall to the wayside and yes. we'll put so much emphasis on the priority of that, that other things start to fall apart and eventually it comes back and it does affect you on that occupational level. Mm -hmm. So a lot of the programs and things that I do now are because I am an entrepreneur. I tend to work with mostly entrepreneurs, but really professional people in general. Yeah. People who are like myself, like just really want to achieve a lot. But the people who want to achieve a lot, it's the people that I'm most connected to are the ones that what they're achieving is resulting in a ripple effect and helping the world in some way. Yeah. Right. And understand that connection. So I want to help those people grow and reach more and, you know, and all of that stuff they need to be right. Uh -huh. And understanding how we actually need to focus on our self-care. I particularly am just right now obsessed with spiritual self-care. Yes. I could talk about all different types of self-care, yeah. but spiritual self-care is really, I think where we can make actually 
the biggest improvement the fastest if we really well, put the focus there. And you know what I found to be interesting, and this is on my mind because employee listening is a big part of what I do in human resources, like the employee experience or the human experience is a big emphasis for me. And just recently I was at a conference and we were talking about like employee listening and surveys and stuff like that. And we asked, we we try to ask all these questions to get a concept of wellness within the employee group, right? And we think about like career wellness. We ask questions like, do you feel like you can grow at this company? Um, we think about the interpersonal wellness. Do you have friends? Do you feel connected? We are starting to ask about like financial wellness, right? We're asking about uh, emotional wellness. We're asking about physical, but you know what we don't ask about? Spiritual wellness. And, and that's because it feels like one of those off limit topics for such a long time you don't talk about belief in the workplace because it can be so polarizing and because it's one of those things which is so personal that means that if it if you offend someone with it it's a very deep wound that can be really hard to bounce back from but research has shown that this is a significant part of people's lives and it's a really significant driver in the way that they make decisions, the way that they connect to people, the way that they orient themselves. And, and it's a part of their ability to be resilient when physical health isn't going well, when interpersonal wellness isn't going really well. But it's like we but we don't feel comfortable measuring it. We don't feel comfortable asking people about it. But it's also a part of one of those things that needs to flow in your life. Mm. Yes. 1000%. And it's so funny too, that you bring that up because these whole dimensions of wellness and all of this stuff, these are things I've been studying since my undergrad so yeah. many moons ago, right? And spiritual wellness was always a construct there. But I, at that time, when this was all first introduced to me, it was like, oh, spiritual wellness, like, mm -mm. <laughs> my dad's Catholic, my mom's Jewish. So I was kind of like both nothing, something, I don't know. Uh -huh. And church was forced on me. Like I hated it. So I just, I had this total level of religious trauma where I'm just like, I'm not for any of it really. Like yeah. I was, I would never consider myself atheist at the time, uh -huh. but I was just like, don't know, not sure. I believe in some, something's happening, but don't know what. So I could never really be able to speak to that spiritual wellness piece. Like if I were describing it or anything, it still felt like weird. Like I didn't oh. understand that there was this whole other side of spirituality outside of religion. And it's really about, I think, communicating the difference between spirituality and religion. Yeah. And to me, in the way that I explain it now is really spirituality is that interconnectedness mm. to everything else. It's really oneness, right? It's that knowing yes. that what you do and your energy and everything else is connected to something greater, whether that be God, source, whatever, or even just humanity and the planet and the the how we work within our ecosystem. I mean, mm -hmm. when you start getting to these Netflix documentary holes on like fantastic fungi and stuff like that, you're oh, like- Oh, I love that one. I love that one. So would recommend good. to anyone yeah any like actually everyone it really write that down absolutely please. yeah fantastic fungi on netflix it will change your life totally yeah totally so so to me right that's that spiritual wellness and like you said it is something that we can lean into when we are in crisis in any of those other areas mm -hmm. and like anything else it's not necessarily something that we want to lean into like those types of tools just when crisis arises because I think this is where the pitfall is but rather 
have a regular practice that when something happens, you have these tools to lean back on. It's the same way that I describe stress management or emotional management techniques like breathing, mindfulness, right? Movement, all of those things. Mm-hmm. You don't just want to, or you're in the middle of a panic attack or something crisis just came up at work or whatever happened. Let me go try and do some box breathing. That's yeah. not going to work so much if you've never done it before. If you have no experience and your body isn't already trained yeah. to get into that zone. Spiritual practices is the same thing. It, when you practice it regularly, then when you really have a question that you need your guides to like come help you up on, yeah. you know, when you really are in something that you're trying to connect with and do, that channel is already there and open and ready for energy to flow. Yeah. And and it's tapping into that is infinite wisdom. It's infinite possibility. It's here's what ails you. You know what I mean? Like literally anything within your life, you can connect back to these types of tools and things. And there are so many, right? I mean, so many. And I know you and I both, we run with the same, you know, crowds in terms of the types of things that we like to incorporate in our own practices. Right. But, but having that little bit is just really, really important. So I love tying in and I'm not an expert on each of these different areas of life. Right. I, I, but I love bringing awareness to and understanding that we actually do need to look at all of these different things because they are all connected. Absolutely. And, yeah, go ahead. Oh, I was going to say like, and I think about that so much, like when I was studying career development and like, you know, I was getting my master's in career counseling. My, I was in a program, we were in Colorado, right? And so it was very much more of like a woo woo. And we were, we engaged in the conversation of spirituality and divinity and, and things like that. And in more of a way of like, how do you bring, how do you bring this into the conversation with the client? But then when I moved out and started doing my own practice, so many of my clients were strictly like just resume and they only wanted to talk about, um, you know, how do I get promoted? What is salary negotiation? And I always felt this like massive hole in what I wanted to bring in as a facilitator or as a guide or a coach or something along those lines was there's actually like, there's so many other facets to who you are. And when you're talking about career success, having a really solid resume or LinkedIn profile is such a small part of it, but it becomes the dominating force. And like, um, I want to say it's like the low hanging fruit of feeling like you're prepared to make a career move when actually making a massive transition in your work, whether it's moving into entrepreneurship, it's becoming a people leader for the first time. It's the first time being like, you know, a C-suite member or whatever that is. These are major transitions that are going to have a ripple effect in all other areas areas of your life. And so I was I was going to say this earlier like we've we've seen in some of the data that the more financially well you report being, your physical wellness starts to take a downturn. And so there seems to be this like relationship where when you overly emphasize your ability to curate resources like, you know, for your life or your bank account or these types of assets, then there is a neglect in another area. And like you said earlier, there is no longer a flow. There is now a stuckness and an imbalance or an oversaturation of one part of your life. And I think it just goes again, like this is such an easy thing to fall into when Mm. you're not aware of it, when you're not trained on it, when you're not actively checking in on every part or or all these dimensions of wellness, 
it's so easy to unintentionally create that stuckness, this overemphasis on if I can do this one thing really, really well, especially high achievers, right? Like I finally got the promotion. I'm finally making six figures. I'm finally vested. I finally have stock options, like whatever that is. It's like, okay, how's the rest of your life? How's the rest of these dimensions going? And have you accidentally, unconsciously created this this lack of flow and what's going to be the impact to that. And again, so often it is our health. It's our, you know, our ability to uh, have strong cognition and memory, our ability to connect with others and emotionally relate to not just move immediately into dissociation. I, I'm the queen of like cardio cinema. You just go sit on the bike and you're just watching Harry Potter and not actually like being present in like what you're trying to do and what the effort is, right? Like it is so much about like your attention and your ability to be present because that's when you can start to notice, oh, this area is, I don't want to use the word lacking because I'm so afraid that that sounds like I'm casting like a morality or judgment onto it, but it's, it's not what I was hoping for, right? Like if I was self-reporting on a scale, on a liker scale, one to five, how is my emotional well-being? How is my physical well-being? How are my relationships right now? And how is my financial health? Like, are you even paying attention to it? And again, why I think it's helpful to compartmentalize those is just so you can identify and name what is going on. Yeah. So I'd be curious to hear Alyssa, because I think like for anyone that actually sits through like my, my intro for the podcast, I know that when I listen to my own episodes, I speed through it, but I do talk about like, what I want to do is to bring in experts that have found ways to incorporate spirituality in their work. Cause like you said, that's, that's often not included. We don't measure it from a corporate perspective. So how have you found success in that? And what are some things that you share with your clients on incorporating that dimension of wellness and really giving it attention? Mm, great question. So I think first to understand, right, kind of coming back to the basics, the fact that we are all energy. Mm. We are all energy. Everything is a frequency, right? So everything within our lives is going to be a reflection of our own energy what we are putting out there is what we are receiving back, right? So regardless of what your type of goal is, yeah, whether that's a career goal, whether it's a relationship goal, whether it's a financial goal, right? Whatever that goal is, you need to tend to your energy. And energy to me is spirituality, right? It's it's very scientific. Like we can measure it. We can, there's so much on this, Right. And it integrates so well into our mindset, the way that we think about things, the way that we perceive things. It's connected to our emotions, the things that we're feeling within our body. And a spiritual journey is really about uncovering the layers of conditioning mm -hmm. and becoming coming closer back to your most authentic self. And I believe that when you are on that journey of peeling back those layers and coming back to who you truly are, yeah, regardless of what it is that you're trying to do, you are going to be propelled forward. Now, that's not to say that you're going to go forward in the way that you expected, yeah. <laughs> but you are going to go forward in the way you're meant to, which is going to be what we call in alignment, right? In divine alignment. Yes. So for coming back to my life story example, I wanted to get my PhD in clinical psych 
two different times in my education path and got derailed, right? I Now, I didn't have a very strong spiritual practice at this time, but it was already within me, right? Like we talked before, I was already living my chart. I'm already always living my chart and living my energy. It pulled me back onto exactly the track that I needed to be on. So, but when we can be aware and intentional about the way that we're connecting to our energy and through our spiritual practices, mm-hmm. we can make that whole process so much easier. Yeah. So much more simple. We don't have to take, when we're really listening to our inner authority and we're following that, we don't, we don't need to have all of the painful experiences. Not that we're going to bypass yeah shitty situations we're here for a human experience and we're going to get that human experience right but it does bring more ease it does bring more peace to the whole process so with that being said understanding your energy right understanding who you are beneath the flesh right right like on a on a more spiritual level and connecting that to that place on a regular basis helps to really drive your intuition your creativity, right? It yeah. helps to help you kind of understand your connection with even the 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 businesses that you're working with and you you understand how your energy, how you fit into the greater puzzle yeah. of the work that you're doing, right? Like again for me, I'm kind of shifting into a place now where I am going from more practice mode, right? Working in practice one-on-one to more the teaching mode and helping others who are trying to do this thing, right? Because to me, I can actually make a bigger impact by doing this in that way, right? So so figuring out like, but not everybody's here for that. That's what I am here for. That's what my energy is for, right? So by doing these types of practices, we are understanding who am I and what am I here for and how can I bring my gifts and what I'm really passionate about into everything else that I'm doing. Mm-hmm. So for anybody who's listening to this, who's like, okay, I want to you know, incorporate spirituality into my routine and practice so that I can move up in, in my business, right? In my company. Yeah. What we have to remember is that we want to connect with the feeling of that thing that we want to draw into our lives, right? So letting go of the visual of it being this specific thing, but rather being what are you doing when you're up in that posi- position of power now, right? What are the things that you're doing and what do you love about it? And and yes. and really embodying that and connecting with that. Some of the actual physical practices, right? That the actual tangible practices that I personally do, that I teach to my clients, to my masterminds and containers and things like that is like I've shared with your coaching container, right? As I have a smorgasbord a menu oh yeah samples that I like to pick from I would call it like a charcuterie board because it's beautiful it's aesthetically pleasing everything looks delicious I mean Mm. yeah yeah good but they're in categories we Mm. we got spiritual we got mental emotional physical right right. it's so good so I like to have a shmorgas, a, a charcuterie board, actually. I like that term better. It's it, We're tourist season right now. Everything's food. <laughs> Delicious, yes. pleasurable. Yes. Oh, so it. good. So good. A time when I have had to give up gluten and dairy, which that's, again, another <laughs> oh, conversation. Yeah. I'm going to dream. I'm going to dream the charcuterie board. That's right. So having this sample, right, of things 
that really feel good to you. Because the reality is, again, there are so many different things that we can do that will help us, right? And sometimes it can get overwhelming too when you're like, where do I start? How do I start? That's really overwhelming. Yeah. So the first step is really carving out the when. The when are you going to be doing this practice? Mm -hmm. And then you figure out what are you going to do during this time? especially because most of the world in human design are either gener- or generator types, either generators or manifesting generators, and their, their strategy in life is to respond. So just to have that space, and this is true too, even if you're any of the other energy types, right? Like manifestor, projector, reflector, like mm-hmm. yourself. Yeah. Then it's still helpful to kind of have this time carved out and then check in, what do I feel like I need in this moment? And then you look to your charcuterie board and say, what kind of cheese and cracker? And, and yeah, you know, what's the current combo that my soul is craving? Yes, exactly. Exactly. Yes. So having that time first set aside for yourself. So I always recommend the morning, first thing in the morning, get yeah. up earlier. Even if you don't want to, even if your bed is cozy, even if your kids woke you up six times, even if you're, you didn't sleep, your husband was snoring, your partner was snoring, whatever, right? Yeah. Yep. Get up and do it. You could always go back to bed after. That's what I always say. So, so having, having the space, having this time that you're going to do it, setting yourself up for success, right? So not saying, okay, I'm going to get up at 5 a.m. and I'm going to do this for an hour and then I'm going to start my day. Start with five minutes. Yeah. Start with just waking up and maybe before you turn the coffee on or whatever your your ritual is, you come down. I say come down because my my office is in my basement where my meditation altars are and, and mm-hmm. everything else. So I come down before I do anything else. I just come straight down, brush my teeth first because otherwise I'd focus <laughs> on that during my practice. And and I come down, I light a candle, I connect with my my grid, my crystal grid, my intentions. I have, you know, cards that have been coming up for me a lot, like around yeah. and little like reminders, offerings, right? Things of that nature. And then whatever the fuck I feel like in that morning, right? Usually it's a little bit of, usually it's a little bit of moving my body first uh-huh. because this is really a help, helpful, especially our cortisol levels actually highest first thing in the morning. So it is really good to, to do things that are going to help. Like if you've ever woken up, like with your mind racing, oh my God, all the things I have to do, blah, 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 blah. You're already going, going, going. 100%. By, on a biochemical level, you're you're already being primed to like take those actions and do those things. Yeah. So I love to start the day with really getting into my body, grounding. Usually it's some mindful movement or stretching or a little yoga, just a couple minutes, right? Mm-hmm. And then I find stillness. And then that's when I usually sit in front of my altar and I'll do you know some breath work. I also have been recently studying shamanism. I'm in a class right now where I'm walking the medicine wheel and I'm doing all of my like Munakai rites and stuff, which is so cool. Amazing. Yeah. And so I'm incorporating a lot of those practices, like shamanic practices, in with this time, which again, I don't, I want to emphasize that none of this takes a lot of time. Yeah. None of this takes a lot of time. It takes intention and consistency. Mm-hmm. So, so I, I open up my Wetakocha, which is opening up the eighth chakra. And and I also, because I am a spiritual entrepreneur, I also open up that of my soul family, my soul aligned clients and community and things like that. So that we're all meeting up here somewhere in the ethers, right? Yeah. And all of our all of our higher selves are like, oh hey, oh hey, it's you. Oh hey, coming in, you know? Yeah. Right. And I kind of like picture this little like fun party. And then And then I set the intention of my practice of bringing me into alignment with whatever I meant to do within that day. 
And really, like, I always have a goal or an intention. I'm a specific manifester. So mm-hmm. it's actually, it's helpful for my energy type to have specific goals with what I'm manifesting. Some people are more bigger picture, more broad, more like emotional based. So I do have a goal and intention. I connect with it and I kind of just ask like whatever happens during this time, right? Like kind of help me bring, come into alignment. And it's crazy because having that goal and having that thing in mind that I want, it's so fun to see where my guides take me throughout my day that at the time feel like detours, but are actually exactly where I need to be going and what I need to be doing. Mm -hmm. It's really, really cool. So, you know, in doing this, and then I'll do usually some self-reiki or I I love the emotion code. I don't know if you're familiar with that practice, but it's, it's a magnet, essentially magnet therapy, muscle testing. Oh, Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yep. Okay. Yeah. And then, so I, I'll, I'll release whatever trapped emotions I'm needing to for that particular goal or intention. And, you know, maybe I'll journal a bit, maybe I'll do this, maybe I'll do that. Like it's whatever I'm feeling in that moment. So to, again, anybody listening who's wanting to start some kind of practice, first set your time aside. Yeah. Set your time aside. When are you going to do something, right? Then pick, I always suggest three to five things. I think it gets a little bit too overwhelming if you try to do more. Pick three to five things that resonate with you. Maybe they're things you already have in your toolbox that you've done Mm -hmm. before that you liked. Maybe they're things you've been thinking about trying. Like I love like EFT tapping, the use of affirmations, you know, journal prompts, like even also for people who are manifestors too and who are verbal processors. I also recommend voice memoing yourself and just kind of speaking whatever whatever it is that you need to 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 speak, right? To get it out of your heart. Yes. Yeah. And so so pick these practices, right? Pick this, pick, pick from this long list from from this board of what you're feeling like. And then as you're sitting down in that moment, what do I feel like I need right now? What do I need first? Well, my mind's a little crazy. Let me move my body. Let me come into my body, right? I this is why I love EFT tapping because it's tactile. You're literally tapping on different acupressure points within your body. Mm-hmm. And that helps to ground you when you feel a little crazy, right? Uh-huh. Or if you're feeling like, all right, like I'm just, I'm in, I'm ready to connect, right? Then, you know, we can go into a more, you know, a different type of practice. I love, I recommend breath work to everybody. And there are many different types of breath work. I mean, it could be simple as two to one breathing is my favorite inhaling for one, exhaling for two or whatever interval of that, Uh or that just helps to calm the parasympathetic or it helps to activate the parasympathetic nervous system, which is our rest and digest state. So that will put your body in a, in a really beautiful place for everything else to happen. Because this is the other thing is that we, and this is what I teach a lot to my students who are looking to practice as practitioners, right? That the client needs to feel safe. And you as your own client in this situation of your personal practice, you need to feel safe. Your body needs to feel safe for other things to work. Otherwise, we're going to have that same block in the plumbing system that we've been talking about, right? Yes. So doing these things as you go in, regardless of whatever else you're doing, is going to help you ground and get the right information that you need, get the right guidance that you need, and be open to listen. Because a lot of things that I hear from people are like, I I am just, my mind is too crazy. I don't know. How do you connect with your guys? Who are the fuck are they, you know? Right. Yeah. I think I think especially because when you are a newbie, when you are like first getting into it, it can feel so overwhelming. And, and like you said, like pick three to five because there are a ton of things out there. There are so many, you know, options available. And for me, like I have that instinct of like, I have to be the expert in it. I have to know everything. I have to get really, really deep. So I love that. It's like, 
relieve yourself of some of the pressure and it's really just about like the intention that you bring into it it's not about being perfect when you're doing it's not having the perfect understanding of the tarot cards that you're pulling for yourself it's not having the most peaceful uninterrupted self-reiki session ever it's really just about like the intention you bring into it and the consistency and while you were speaking Alyssa I was just thinking I was like wouldn't it be such a contrast to the world of work that we experience currently like when you were talking about um, opening up the eighth chakra and connecting with your soul aligned family, I was like, could you imagine an executive team of leaders taking that moment every morning to intentionally attune to their own spiritual well-being, as well as invite that more, I'm going to use the word sacred, but I'm not married to it if anyone's like alarmed by that. But to attune to the sacred relationship that you have with the people in your life you've chosen to partner with to create value and solve meaningful problems for others. And just how different it would be to come to work in the morning feeling like you've already taken care of such a fundamental part of who you are. And so have your peers. So has your leader, right? So has your intern. And and, and just like th that contrast, right? Like I, I find, and I actually, it's making me, again, this conference I went to recently just like had a lot of like brain things for me, but I actually took the moment to write down, like, I love working moms. I fucking love working moms because if there is any population of people that can understand how easy it is to become overstimulated and overwhelmed and truly struggle to disconnect because your mind is racing a million miles a minute, taking care of so many people's needs and so many varieties of life and how easy it is to forget yourself, how tempting it is to put yourself last. But then again, like the consequences and the suffering that comes with it. I'm like, what, and this is the, this is the world of work that I envision. And this is why I wanted to start the podcast and why I started the corporate coven and, and so much of the intentionality behind it is everything that you're saying, Alyssa. And I'm just like, ah, oh, like this, this is it. This is the light shining of like, this is the future of work. This is what it's all about is that when we can attune to ourselves and when we can find that alignment, when we can honor ourselves in this way, that will be that ripple effect and will be more successful, not only in our ability to climb corporate ladders or to scale our businesses, to hit these incredible, you know, figures and sustain our lives with that financial security, but we're also going to feel so good. We're going to be emotionally secure and available for more meaningful connections and relationships. Um, and we're going to feel more aligned with this sense of divinity, this purposeful and meaningful life in the space that we've been given to explore those themes. I mean, like, mm. honestly, like goosebumps, chills, because I I want this forever. I want this for myself. I want this for my children, for my mother. Like, I, I want this for everyone. And I am just like, oh, like, so grateful for your insight. And I'm hearing so much of your chart. So I actually kind of want to, like, direct it here really quickly, if that's all right, because you are so clearly a teacher, so clearly an educator and being able to have this holistic and all-encompassing perspective. And that is such Sagittarius energy, right? This Sagittarius. So I'll let you share your big three with the group. What is your sun moon? And we know that you're a Capricorn rising. Yes. I'm a Leo sun and a Sag moon. 
yes Sagittarius moon yeah fiery so fiery which is that like I have to go figure this out I have to be excited about it when the um professor or the advisor was like you'll get bored with this and that was a very clear oh I'm not being bored I would rather do anything else than be bored right because I need to explore and I need to learn and it needs to come from that heart space that Leo heart space mm-hmm. I need to really be um caring about what I'm doing right and attuning to that like part and then everything with Capricorn is all about alignment it's all about making sure that your knees are over your toes and that you're you know hip distance apart it's all about making sure that the the structure is in the correct position and I just I've heard that so clearly expressed in the way that you talk about your work the way that you work with clients the way that it's like helped you make decisions and I am just obsessed I'm obsessed with your big three and the way that it's so clear in how you've made choices or where the universe has maybe redirected your decisions to help you live and really honor that energetic expression that you have Mm, yes oh my god and I have to share something too after you said that because this is another example of how when we are in alignment right when we are really focusing on what we should be doing versus what we think we should be doing or think we need to do in order to be successful however you're defining that and again whatever the goal is yeah I was I had been in the early earlier parts of my business had been so focused on -on one-on-one one-on-one clients Mm -hmm. getting people in the door one-on-one and I it was really hard for me it was really like I was seeing other people build their one-on-one practices with so much ease and this and that. And then once I started to really connect in and realize, no, I am a teacher. Like I actually need bigger groups and my profile in human design is five one. So I really am here for the collective. I relate to a lot of different kinds of people. I have a very big projection field. Mm -hmm. So it, so it makes sense. And then, and then when I started putting out more group based programs and like community oriented programs, so easy. Everything just became so easy and so fluid and, and just effortless. Yeah. And I think that's the thing. And I was just talking to one of my best friends earlier this morning. She also was one of my business coaches and she's a spiritual business coach. And I learned so much from her in her mastermind. Yeah. And we're both, we were both like, oh my God, my, my spiritual game's been so on point, been getting up every morning, all this. We're both like, yeah, we're both like, like, why do we ever deviate from this? Yeah. Why do we, why do we ever stop doing this because like anything else you get off track and you get sick and then you take a break and then this or that or or one of your kids is going through a growth spurt and always the kids yeah (laughs) always the kids right like d all the above so so whatever it is but but it's it just goes to show like how really easy things can be and feel and I think also it's that fact that you feel the support, the energetic support of those decisions, even if they don't make logical sense. Mm. Like it literally feels because you see the synchronicities. And again, how spirituality helps us, right? When you see those repeating numbers or you were just thinking about this and then you brought it up and, you know, oh my gosh, that's crazy. I was just thinking about that yesterday and yeah, something nobody else would know, right? And like all of these random things, those are those signs that like you're in it. You're good. Like yes. you are tuned in. You're you're on the right track. Yes. And yeah. And I, and I so appreciate things like astrology, human design, anything like that, that helps to give us some insight because 
you're going to live your life regardless, whether yeah. you know what's in your chart or you don't know what's in your chart, you're, you're still going to experience your life. And isn't it so fun to see how when people don't really know anything about it, but they've already been living it. And then you, they, you see it and you're like, you are definitely, you're doing something right because you're oh, totally everything that is, is in alignment with your energy. Yes. Listeners are going to be like, Jessica says this all the time, but I do. I'm like, you can work the astrology or the astrology will work you, but it's always going to be there. So when you become aware of it and you can name it, and that's like one of the powerful tools of mindfulness as well. Like just being able to name the emotion coming up, being able to name like where the tension is when you can acknowledge it, that's when you can like let it go. Or now you can at least work with it. You're conscious of it. And it's, and it's bringing in that awareness to what is, that is yes. so key. And even just practicing, like I noticed that when I was um, first initiating my mindfulness practice now, just from having that, like kind of like a muscle memory, I take a certain type of breath and I'm like, oh, I am unconsciously engaging in a moment of mindfulness and I recognize it because of the way it feels when I breathe it in. But I don't think like, oh, okay, I need to, I need to take a deep inhale right now. It's just all of a sudden it's a deep belly breath. And I'm like, right. My body's telling me that I'm stressed out and I need to come into the present moment. And it becomes one of those, like, it's the consistent showing up, making time for it. So then later when you really need that skill, it's easier to find that pathway. It's easier to make that connection and to realize that the charcuterie board of self-care is actually close to you at all times. You always, mm -hmm. another mom thing, I'm like, it's your snack bag. You always have snacks on you as a mom. <laughs> Amen, sister. Oh my God. Yes. As an entrepreneur, as a professional, as a corporate executive, wherever you are, everyone has a sixth house. Everyone has a 10th house. So everyone's working in some capacity, even though we might name it differently or our office looks different. Um, everyone's working to some capacity and being able to have that toolkit, being able to have those resources and recognizing like that you're worth it. Like those five minutes, maybe if it's only five minutes, it's worthwhile. You're worthwhile in investing in and helping to continue that work-life harmony. Mm, yes. You know what I mean? And, and for anybody who's going to be beginning their practice, this is really something that you have to work at, that worthiness. Like even just this morning, because my kids still wake up so got awful early. Yeah. So I'll be down here. Literally, it's not even 6 a.m. And I hear, hear, you know, the pitter pattern and everything. And I'm like, all right, I oh, should yeah. go to this and start this. And, and, like this morning, I know, no, I'm going to finish what I started down here. I'm going to spend this time. I'm worth this time. I'm going to be a better mom when I go upstairs after taking this time for myself and allow myself to finish. Yeah. And, and it's really, really important. So it is something that you do have to remind yourself often why you're doing it yes. and thinking about what, what's your motivation, what drives you. It needs to be intrinsic. That motivation to do it needs to be within. So yes. if you're doing this just so that you get a promotion or just so that you make $10 million or, or whatever, like that goal is, and that, that's the only thing and it's external, you have to connect with the intrinsic, right? Otherwise it's not mm -hmm. going to be sustainable. It's not going to feel as good. And once you get up to whatever that place is, it's, you're not going to feel good. It's going to be like the executive that you described earlier that, the physical health is very poor now that you've gotten up to this point. So yep. it needs to be authentic and it needs to, it needs to be holistic. So you need to focus on all of these things all the time. Not that it's like a lot of work because you have to look at every aspect of your life, but again, recognizing 
where you do need to put more of that energy because some things are going to come easier to others. Some things are going to be easier to take care of yourself. Like, I mean, for me, I really value physical health. I mean, of course, right? Like, look at my background. Yeah, yeah. It's so important. The the food I eat, the way I move my body, right? All this is super, super important. So I don't really have to put a lot of effort into those things because it's I already value it so high that it's just regardless going to happen. But if it's completely new for you to be valuing the spiritual connection to your higher self, to your purpose, then it it will take more time up front until you really feel the effects. And yeah. once you really feel the effects and start to see it, you, you get addicted to it because mm-hmm. it's so good. It is so good. Oh, I mean, yeah. like I'm in one of those states right now where I'm like, nothing, nothing's going to get in the way of my little morning ritual to myself. Yeah. And- yeah. And you'll find like that craving for what feels good. If it is a physical practice for me, it's that like, it's a specific type of in breath um, or something like that. Like you're, you will seek it out consciously, but also unconsciously you'll find, I remember when I was, I was really strong in my physical asana practice. And the moment that there was any downtime, I was handstanding just because it felt so good to be inverted. And I just felt like that craving in my body of like, not even a full on physical, like, you know, beginning and, and ending with um, Savasana or anything like that. It was just like, I just got to invert for a minute. It, it just becomes this like part of who you are. I want to end with this quote that you shared, Alyssa, on the intake form. I asked all my guests to share, like, what quote inspires you? Um, I have it here. Instead of asking, have I worked hard enough to deserve rest? I've started asking, have I rested enough to do my most loving, meaningful work? By Nicola Jane Hobbs. And I know like I have a physical reaction. Like I, I can feel it in my heart. Like I have a reaction when I read that. But do you want to share a little bit more about like what this means to you? Mm, absolutely. Yes. What it means is that we are, again, in this global state of deconditioning from the idea that we need to work hard to play hard, that we need to earn our rest, that we need to accomplish something before we are allowed the accolades of something that feels good just for the sake of feeling good, to play, Mm -hmm. to do something for fun, right? And to me, part of the movement that I see for myself and part of why I am here on this planet at this time is to remind people that that's not where we begin, right? First, we need to come to that place of filling up that proverbial cup so Mm -hmm. that it's overflowing, not full, literally overflowing, and you feed from the saucer, right? And, And I think this quote just really embodies what I am so behind and what I feel is so important in bigger companies, corporations, small solopreneur jobs, right? We need to take care of ourselves in whatever way that looks like and is meaningful and of value to the individual before, mm-hmm. before you show up to work. That has been the basis of this mastermind that that I have been running that you were a guest speaker for, mm-hmm. Reiki Like a Boss. And it's not all about Reiki, but it's really about the foundation of the work that you are doing, being rooted and grounded in your personal care, yes. in your self-care. And when we can align and come from that place, that's when we can do the work that is going to be the most impactful. It's going to it's gonna be more bang for your buck. You're going to reach more people with a post that you write. 
or something that you record or a memo that you write to your team is going to be better received. You're going to find the right words to say it. Yes. And, and it's going to take you less time to do it because you're not beating your head against the wall and you're not meeting all this resistance and have a thousand voices in your head. Right. Mm -hmm. So no matter what it is that you're in, and, and as a parent, right. I mean, as a parent, right. Like have I cared for myself enough to really be able to listen to my child without judgment Right. And and allow them to go through that. And it's that could be a whole other episode. <laughs> oh, 100%. We'll have to yeah. do that with the working mom be. episode. <laughs> exactly. For sure. And yeah, so that's that's really it. Right. Have I worked hard enough to deserve to rest? Have I rested enough to do my most loving, meaningful work? Yes. Like that is what I think we all need to be leading with. I agree. And again, like this is this is it. This is the future of work, in my opinion. And we've seen. I mean, the the UK experimented with a four-day work week. In the US, we well, actually, in the state of Utah, I don't know that it was across the US, but in the state of Utah, we tried that a few years ago. It didn't catch on. But with the idea of remote work, I mean, even the concept that you have to earn your PTO as opposed to working in unlimited PTO environments. And it's not an easy translation into every industry or mm. work category. However, I feel very optimistic that in this age of Aquarius with Saturn and Pisces, with Uranus and Taurus, all of the things that we've seen with the labor movements, we're really going to start looking at a more global adoption of this perspective. And it really always starts with the individuals. When we can change our perspective internally and adopt this, this perspective that Nicola offers that we're here to do our most meaningful and loving work. We're not just here to clock in and out and collect a paycheck. We do want a paycheck, right? It's not that, but it's about being in alignment. It's about honoring our soul. It's about honoring our, our divinity. It's about recognizing service as a loving ritual. And when we lead from that space, we are the bosses, right? We are the entrepreneurs. We are the parents. We are the people voting. We are the people engaging in the workforce. And so this change begins with us. It's already happening collectively and we can help drive that and mm -hmm. build a world of work where we are honoring every dimension of our wellness. And we really get to see that holistic perspective run into it. Mm, so good. Like drop, like, right. I'm here for it. Oh, Alyssa, thank you so much. It's always such a pleasure to hear from you. I recommend you all day and all night. You guys have heard on the episode, she has a wicked arsenal of tools to help you if you are a professional, if you are an entrepreneur, if you are a woman at work, a person at work, a witch at work, whatever that is, then if you are interested in working with Alyssa, I'm going to make sure to put all of her socials and, and booking links and all of that in the show notes. But a 10 out of 10 would recommend and we'll definitely have a future episode together. I, I feel like I could talk to you all day. I know. Same. Thank you so much, Jessica. Yeah. See ya. All right. Thank you again for tuning into this episode. You know, I think for me, one of the coolest things about this podcast, aside from having a platform to share my ideas and have kind of like a free resource for folks where, you know, formal astrology practices aren't in their price range or in their budget. My second favorite thing about this podcast is being able to network and collaborate with brilliant people within the industry, folks that I am inspired by, that I am honored to collaborate with. And so that being said, I have a handful of other guest episodes lined up for this year. But as always, if there is anyone that you are 
eager to hear from or you would love to hear on the show, let me know. Make sure that you are subscribed to the podcast, turn on your notifications and connect with me on my socials. I love it when y'all slide into my DMs and let me know what's working, what's not working, what you want more of, and uh, things that are especially useful to you as I curate this content. So thank you, and I'll see you next week for another episode of the Corporate Kevin Podcast. Thank you for joining me for this episode of the Corporate Coven podcast. I hope you enjoyed it and gained valuable insights into the world of personal and professional alchemy. If you want to stay updated on the latest episodes, be sure to subscribe to this podcast and turn on notifications. I'd also love to connect with you on social media, and you can visit my website, www.thatwitchfromwork.com to find other ways to connect and work with me. I'd love to hear your feedback and suggestions for future topics, so please let me know in the comments on this episode what you're interested in. Until next time, keep working your magic and casting spells of success in your career and life.